Hi, I'm Carla. And I'm Kristen. We are the co-hosts of Perimenopause OMG. We're friends, moms, wives, and athletes. And we're going through some stuff. That stuff is called perimenopause. OMG, you guys, no one talks about it. Till now. We're here to talk about all of it. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the funny. So sit back and relax. Hold on to your butts. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Kyla. How are you doing this week? Oh, well, hanging in there. Yeah, this <laughs> is the week. This is the wrap up of summer week for us, right? I know. Kids are back in school. Yay. Yeah. Um, my son is, and your son, uh, they are, it was their last first day of elementary school this year. Yeah. Yeah. And then along with my youngest, it was her first, <laughs> first day of elementary right, school. Right. That's right. Oh, my so. goodness. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I always find the first couple of weeks of school just so hard to transition back into. It's like the new routine, Correct. the new time, yes. the new everything. And I get rid of routine in the summer, which I always look back on and say I should I should have kept a little bit of routine, but I know. And we try to get back to like the sleep schedule the last so, yeah, week like or week, so. Uh-huh. But then I'm I always hear. When it's the last week, week of summer, summer right. the last time I can stay up. And I'm like, oh, you're right. I know. So. Same. Sure. Go to the sleepover. Don't sleep all night. Right. Party it up, kid. I know. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So kids are in school. We're prepping to go back into our schools, our yep. jobs. Yeah. Um, and everything is, yeah. Yeah. It's Coming hard to. to- especially with the marathon training, because this is like when it really ramps up. Like we've just gotten into the long, long run. Yeah. This is like the point of no return Mm -hmm. in marathon training. It's Mm -hmm. the part where I'm running those double digit long runs. And then some days I'll be like, I hate running. What (laughs) am I doing? I hate this. I hate everything about it. And then I'll go, or I'll go for like an eight mile run and be like, oh, remember when eight miles was the long one? It's just all a mental game now. It is. It right? Is. Yeah. How's your training going? Good. Um, I just did um, the Philly 10K this past weekend as like my first um, train like race. Pace, yeah, yeah. Like pace race um, before the marathon. And Brian and I both PR'd. Yay. So that was great. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where like a, you push yourself in the shorter runs, but then thinking forward, I'm like, well, now I'm kind of expected to keep that pace for the longer run. Right, right, right. And at, how am I going to possibly be anywhere near that pace for the marathon? Right. So it's again, the head game. It's a head it's game. All the head game. So, but that race went good. Um, this, my longest run so far was 16 miles. Okay. So I'm doing 16 this, this Sunday. Yeah. I'll be 16. Mm-hmm. I think I go 16, 18, 14, 18, 20 or something like that. I don't know. It's like, I'm just so like, all those even numbers. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, then I was looking and I was like, should I make one 17? And I'm like, no, I can't. I don't, it's just not, it's the even numbers. Yeah. 
Oh, but not many more. No, but it's also hard this time of year because it's still hot. Right. It's and still hot. And, but we have work and mm -hmm. the kids to get ready to get on the bus. Mm -hmm. So it's harder to do those early morning runs, at least for me. I don't know what it is for you. I think I'm going to have to start doing some after dinner runs. Yeah. I mean, there, I can't, I can't run before work. I mean, I, to get to work on time, I already wake up at five 30. Yeah. So no, right. There's no way, even if I woke up at four, which um, not happening, I couldn't fit it in. Right. So, so, it, so yeah, it's mm -hmm. the after dinner during yep. soccer practice. Sometimes right. I get them in. We do it. We yeah. fit it in somehow. We'll fit it in. We'll keep everyone posted on that. Yeah. But yeah, a couple episodes ago, I was like, this is great. Now I'm like, oh, this is the part of the training that's tough. Um, but if it wasn't hard, I guess everyone would do it, right? Exactly. Um, so this episode, let's let's tell our listeners um, about this episode. This episode is going to be part two of the I wish I only knew relationships episode. We had a lot of content when we talked with my dear friend, Courtney Cherry, um, two weeks ago. And we really only got to, in our first part of the episode, we only got to like friendship relationships. Right. But we actually did talk about familial relationships and romantic relationships. And I, as I was editing it. I just thought it was really good content and I, you know, thought we should share it with our listeners. So that's yeah. essentially what, what this episode is. It's just a continuation of our talk on, on relationships. Right. Right. Um, so even though Courtney isn't here, we recorded Courtney mm -hmm. saying um, hi again, and that's where we'll start. We're going to start with um, familial relationships, which are, you know, not as cut and dry as what one would think or hope. No, no. I mean, and, and I'm just thinking about familial relationships just because they're, they go on for so long. And how much do you grow during that time? And how much do the other people grow during that time? And so it's, you, you kind of always have to balance that and reassess and figure out where you are and where your family members are. Great to be back. Super happy to be here. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so if we thought that um, friendship was complicated, maybe we can touch a little bit on familial relationships. What I would like to hear is familial, like the old, the zero to 18 family, your parents, mm -hmm. your siblings. How, how has that relationship evolved? Um, what were you concerned with before? What are you not so much concerned with, but maybe understand now? Yeah. Let's, let's yeah, dive in. I mean, I will say, I mean, my headline on this is that I think the older I get, I just, I, I, I understand my family more. I appreciate my family more. I, uh, we were talking in the friends segment about just meeting friends where they are. And I think they're same, same holds true for just meeting family where, where they are. I think, you know, one of the things I was definitely not prepared for, like in terms of like, just things I wish I knew, right. Like I, I didn't really anticipate or think about 
navigating sort of adult familial relationships. Like I just didn't think that was going to be that complicated. I thought it's like, oh, I'd grow up and, you know, my parents would still be there. But, you know, it is it is complex. I mean, particularly when you you marry your spouse and you bring a whole other sort of personality into the fold and everybody is going through their own life transitions, right? I mean, even in my adulthood, you know, my parents retired and sadly my dad passed away last year, right? So it's just like everybody's been going through these, I would say like very, lots of milestones, lots of major changes. A lot of them have been very positive, but you know, a lot of them have not been so positive as well. And, you know, I think it's, it's just interesting to see where, where that lands all of us. And I think um, the things that I'm sort of proudest of and the things that like fill my cup right now, I would say like my relationship with my brother is like, it's always been, it was always strong when we were kids. He's four years younger than me. He also lives in Chicago. Um, Carla knows him well. I mean, he's just an exemplary human being. We're, really recording, is. we're recording this on his birthday, P.S. Oh, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy yes. birthday, John. Johnny, um, birthday. Happy birthday. He's just the best and just, just a great, a great like partner, right? Like just somebody that, you know, I can sort of trust and. He's um, definitely your check and balance, like tried and true, always. Such a good one. And when my dad passed away last year, he, he went through a very brief illness. It was very sudden. And then he sadly passed. And I think my brother and I came out of that together stronger than ever. I mean, there was such a great, such a great, just sort of like check and balance and like emotional, emotional tag in like, Hey, I got to take some time. I got to take a time out for myself. Okay. I'm going to tag my brother would tag in, you know, just when I was falling apart, he was, he was the rock when he was falling apart. I was the rock. Um, and that's been, that's been really, really cool, um, to just experience with him. And then same goes for my mom. I mean, just like seeing her, um, navigate this sort of new phase of her life. Right. I mean, she was married to my dad for 47 years. Right. And to see her, you know, basically a widow now, yeah, right. A widow and just sort of step into her own power and just sort of really figure out what she wants to do and do things that, fulfill her has been really inspiring and really cool really cool to see um but all very complicated too it's been it's it's just a it's a it's a complicated moment I think at this with us in our 40s and our our parents aging and all that comes with aging parents um it's it's a very complicated I would say inflection point from a familial dynamics perspective um I thought about the familial relationship. And, um, I think of my mother and me and how we've sort of evolved from teenage years through college. And, and now, um, that I gave her grandbabies and, um, my mom was a tough, real tough mom. Um, my father was the sort of soft one. My mom was the rule maker. Um, she, put the fear of God in us all the time. And I don't really know why, like, but she, she just put the fear of God in us. And my father never did, but my father was the one that would, 
if we did, if my brother and I did something wrong, he would just be disappointed, which would crush us way more than if, if Mickey screamed and whatever disappointed dad is just crushing it's crushing Mm -hmm. um and then when I was in college my father got sick and um he passed away when my first year of graduate school and my mom and I were there for each other but I feel like we always kind of were like well you don't get it so like my mom was like but you you don't you tiptoed around each other right so I was in Arizona when my father when I got the call I had to fly home to you know say goodbye to my father and my mom was just like like yeah 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 yeah, but you don't get it because I've been here every day Mm -hmm. and dealing Mm -hmm. with the doctors and and navigating this and I was like well you don't get it because I just got a random call and I'm in Arizona and you know trying to get this graduate degree and you also don't get it and like we kind we we never fought about it, but we were just like, but you just don't get it. And the perspective taking. Correct. Like I, and I can't look at it from your point of view. I don't understand your point of we view. We just couldn't. And we really should have gotten therapy together probably to sort of hash that out. And it, it was never anything bad, but it was just like, we were not seeing eye to eye. My mom and I now do but could you imagine my mom lost my father my father was 49 my mom was 44 mm-hmm. I'm 43 yeah. like could you imagine like going mm-hmm. through this phase of life and being like oh uh, okay like mm-hmm. this is what no it's hindsight and it's hindsight like I had no I had no idea mm-hmm. that that's what she was I mean I knew she was dealing with a lot but like I can't even imagine it now no and now, now our relationship has grown and blossomed so much um, that she is just my rock. Like we call each other and it's crazy because she leans on me now, you know, she's always my mom. So I always ask her like, what do I cook a turkey to? Like, what's that temperature I cook a turkey to? Like I could easily Google that, but my mom knows best. So that's what I call her for, mm-hmm. but also like she's leaning on me now because her friends are, you know, some of them are getting sick. They're getting older. Some have passed and like, it's just a crazy relationship and I'm here for it. I think it's awesome, but it's cr- really nuts to look at how our relationship has evolved. And that's I love it. Say the el- evolution of, a, of any type of relationship. And I honestly think that that the foundation of whatever solid relationship it is, you know, if it can you, change. If you can't evolve with the other person, then the relationship is dead. over. Yeah. Regardless yeah. whether it's a friendship or whether it's a romantic relationship or whether it's a familial relationship. It's also interesting to me um, that my definition of family, as I've grown older has changed. Um, And of course there's like your blood family, which you grew up with, siblings, parents that you know you can count on um, or hopefully know you can count on. And, you know, for me, I only see my brother twice a year, but whenever I see him, it's like you it's right it's like right it's like there's you know no drop there's no pickup in conversation it's just like oh yeah hey what's going on and life goes on um 
And that's just because of proximity. Like he lives in Hawaii right now and that's far. <laughs> so, right. but whenever we talk, it's just like there was no time or space or distance between us, right? And I think that that's been my new definition of family, even with friends. Like whether it's a friend from high school where there's no time or space or distance between us, when we talk, we are who we are and it just picks up. So as, you know, as I'm in my 40s, I've come to realize like family doesn't just mean the people that you're related to. Family is also those friends who you know you can just pick up with and there's no time or space between you and they accept you for who you are and it is what it is, for sure. you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think there's something to be said about just the power, whether it's family or friendships. One of one of my things that I've really embraced recently is like, if I'm thinking about somebody, I just reach out to them and just say, Same. hey, I'm thinking about you. Hope you're having a great summer. Like, just know, know you're on my mind and I, and I love you. And just the power of that, even though, you know, you might not have time for a long 45 hour long, 45 minute long catch-up call, just reaching out and just saying that you're thinking about them, I think goes such a long way. Well, moving on to, I guess, the relationship that we all immediately think of, which is romantic relationship. What, I mean, it's silly because we're all married, but I think we can probably talk a lot about this. You know, what's, what was important to you? What's changed? I'm just thinking about high school me versus me now, you know, like high school me was like, oh, who am I physically attracted to? And that's going to be my boyfriend for two months, five months, whatever it might be. Like, so I feel like when you're in teenage years, it's physical attraction. And like, yeah, yes, that, that continues, but then you realize there has to be more substance to it. So like, yes, the initial physical attraction has to be there, of course, but then there has to be more. And so this kind of takes me back to like the fluidity, like, yes, you have to be physically attracted, but there has to be some other type of connection. Right. Right. Yeah. I absolutely hate it when people are like, yeah, mm, my husband's my best friend. No, probably not. Not your best friend, but you have to be friends with them. Right. Absolutely. I'm not telling my husband the things I would tell my best girlfriends, Agreed. but he is, he's most right. certainly the person at the end of the week that I want to talk to. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think that's a, thing you can't have one person. And the, again, this is my opinion. But you can't have one person who meets all of the categories. Right. You can't have one person who's your best friend. And that same person is, you know, your um, significant other. And that same person is your family. And that same person, like. Right. That person's called your therapist. And you're saying, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> well, and that puts a lot of pressure on your spouse uh, to. Mm-hmm fulfill all of those all, other right. things and it's all the more reason why just to circle back to the friendship conversation right the richer that you those those relationships that you have with your friends like how those fulfill you 
it it transcends into your romantic relationship too. It makes that it makes that much stronger too. Um, I think you know the thing that I like when I think back on and I thought about like who am I going to marry and what's you know what what's a marriage going to be like and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, I had a very good model in my parents who were very very deeply in love for forty seven years. Um, but I honestly had no idea back then, like how completely awesome it was going to be. I mean, being married, honestly, is, it's just the best. It really is. And, and granted, I mean, Justin and I have only been married for five and a half years. So we're, we're still in the scheme of things, haven't been, to, you know, married that long, but, um, honestly, it's, it is the best. It's also interesting for me is that how that romantic relationship evolved. Um, I mean, like I said before, like it's initially that like, oh, physical attraction, there's a spark or something there. And then you have to have something in common and then there's a foundation. Um, but then it also has to be like such a partnership, like regardless of what your life circumstances are, there has to be some type of balance, like whether it's managing the kids or managing the pets or managing the household routine or all of that together. Like you have to be able to figure out how to manage that, which is so hard. Yeah. And really respect. Is. You always have to respect one another and each other's boundaries. That's what I'm learning more in this decade of life. Like Alan my husband doesn't always have to be chip, chip, chipper after work on a Friday. I don't always have to say like, what's wrong? Oh my God, right. what's wrong? Like, I know something is wrong. So I have to shut my mouth, let them unwind and it will eventually come out. And I feel like that's the foundation of all relationships is like being able to read that person yes. and knowing yeah. what it is that they need at that time whether it's like okay we're just going to sit here and I'm going to be here for you or here's where we need to go or here's what we need to do but again it's the reciprocity of that relationship where you're like okay I understand what you need right now and I'm willing to give it to you and then I know that when I need something else mm -hmm. it, I'm going to get it back yeah, there definitely needs to be that spirit of generosity that is a really nice sort of energy flow between both people. I also think that there is something to be said for supporting each other's independent interests and independent yes. pursuits outside of the relationship. I know that that is something that's really important in our house and it it makes our relationship richer, right? Like when, like, I want, I want my husband to pursue things that interest him that maybe I don't understand and maybe it doesn't fill my cup, but it makes him happy and it, it makes his life richer. And I want him to lean in and, and pursue all of that stuff. And it goes both ways too, which I think is a really, it's a great, it's a great feeling. Yeah, so that speaks to, again, the foundation that there has to be respect in all relationships. Like, I respect what you want and what you need, and it may not be what I want or need, but here's, you know, the time and the space and the support. Right. Yeah. It took me a long time to get to the place to articulate what I needed or to set the boundaries. I was just going to say that. It took me so long. Like 40-something so years. Right. 
about 40 years. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of the most important relationships is the relationship with yourself. Yeah. Or you brought this up when I was um, texting you about this episode and you were like, let's just talk about how we love or hate ourselves. And I love that idea because I've got a lot of baggage there. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I mean, this, you guys, this is the thing that impacts all the other relationships we've been talking about, really. Um, and actually, I was going to mention this within the context of the of the romantic relationship, but like, I, I honestly feel like, you know, to be the best partner, you really do need to spend some time falling in love with yourself and whatever that might look like to you. For me, it was, I spent a lot of time in my late twenties and early thirties, like traveling by myself. And that was a really empowering and amazing source of um, self-discovery and just learning to be in my own company alone in a foreign country where I don't speak the language and don't literally do not know anybody. I mean, nothing will sort of break you down than that. And, um, and I I think. I agree. I studied abroad in Spain um junior year of college so I get that yeah right it's the best I mean I I mean I still this day I mean my husband and I travel a lot together but I always say like my 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 number one travel partner is myself and you know, number two is my husband I'll, I'll travel with him too but um but I do think like taking some time and like learning yourself and doing the work and whether that's therapy or traveling alone, a combination of other things, like really taking that time to get to know yourself and get to know what you want and get to know how you communicate. And I think, you know, one of the things for, in our really, my husband and I, like we both did a lot of work on ourselves and came to the relationship having, having done a lot of that work. Um, And it's really made, it's made all the difference. I think it's probably why we're in just sort of this like prolonged honeymoon period, which is kind of nice. And I also think that it has to be continual work, you know, like I, like I said, like, yeah, I studied abroad when I was in college, but that was 20 years ago. So like, you have to keep doing the work on yourself and then your partner has to keep doing the work on themselves and you have to be able to communicate that work and still find some middle ground and, you know, meet together. So we talked a lot about different relationships, um, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> yeah, right, that's right. <laughs> and um, the fluidity, right? Yeah. That was that was sort of the common theme throughout the whole the whole talk. And I we didn't even realize we were going to come to that conclusion, but there isn't one, you know, title for each relationship. They're mm-hmm. very fluid and it has to, you know, fill your cup. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we just wanted to thank Courtney again. Thank you, Courtney, for yeah. joining us. Um, <laughs> so yeah, thanks, Court, in Chicago for allowing us to use more of your interview. And uh, we just want to remind everyone to please 
like the podcast, follow the podcast, share the podcast. Uh, Kristen and I are really enjoying um, making these episodes and the feedback is great. So um, the more you like the podcast, but greater chance is that more people will be able to listen to us. Yeah. And also, if you have any topic ideas, reach out to us, let us know, um, you know, if there's something that you're interested in us researching for you or hearing us talk about, you know, we'd love that feedback as well. Absolutely. All right. Thanks everybody. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us on today's episode. You can listen to us on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, like us. <laughs> you can contact us at perimenopauseomg at gmail.com. That's perimenopause, spelled like my last name, P-E-R-R-Y, menopause, the letters O-M-G at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram and our Facebook page at perimenopauseomg. Period. The end. end.